0: Come on, come on, come on, come on. Welcome back to another Basketball Insider edition of the No Further Comments podcast, episode number 11. I'm your host, Alex Meacham. We have a lot to unpack today. So much going on in the world of basketball right now. Let's go through a couple things real quick. Our social media, NFC podcast. We're on Twitter, IG, and Facebook. You can find us on Twitter and IG at NFC Podcast. We are on Facebook, no further comments. Simple as that. Now, you can find me. Now, if you don't agree with some of the things I'm saying, which I'm sure people are going to hear things today and go, I don't agree with that, you can tweet me, send me a message on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you want. I'm on Twitter and IG. It's at Alex, A-L-E-X, underscore, Meacham, M-E-A-C-H-A-M. And for the young folks out there, I'm also on Snapchat, at BigMeach41. You know, Snapchat's a a big social media outlet for the young people. As usual, we always come in to the iconic hip-hop artist and the great sounds of Big Daddy Kane. One of my top five rappers of all time. Now, the song that we came into is Dancing with the Devil off the Taste of Chocolate album. Now, I've done this for, geez, the last 10 episodes of the Basketball Insider edition of the No Further Comments podcast. I've pleaded for Big Daddy Kane to come on our podcast. At least call in. Now, listen, Big Daddy Kane, If you're listening to this podcast, and obviously you haven't listened to the other 10, but hopefully we can get you to listen to this one. I would like for you to come on our podcast and talk a little basketball. I know you have to have some takes on what's going on in the NBA, uh, LeBron James, you've got to have some takes. So anyway, like I said before, we have a lot to unpack today, a lot going on. The NBA Finals have started. How about game one last night? Wow, we've got a lot to talk about that. I blame game one on the NBA. It was a complete mess. I'll get into that very soon. We're also gonna talk about where will LeBron end up next season. Now, last episode I talked a little bit about that, but but today I really wanna dive into where I think he's going and why, and some things have changed since last episode Something about a burner account with the Sixers that might affect LeBron's decision. A couple things before we really dive into this, uh, congrats to the city of Cincinnati. Uh, For those that don't know that might be listening to our podcast outside of the city of Cincinnati, this week we've officially landed our third professional sports team in the city of Cincinnati and that's the soccer team. FC Cincinnati which joins the MLS and this is a great thing for the city of Cincinnati. The energy and the hype behind this is great. Now listen, I don't know a tremendous amount about soccer. In fact I need to still learn the rules of soccer before I go to an FC Cincinnati game. But I can tell you this, it's great for any city to have professional teams that do well and thus far FC Cincinnati has had great crowds, They've had a lot of energy behind the, the, uh, the team. The team has done well. This is a great thing for our city. So, congrats to FC Cincinnati and the city of Cincinnati on that. Um, also, in the future, uh, one of our plans is to do a uh, podcast that is specific to AAU basketball. And I mentioned this the last, I think, two episodes. I've talked a little bit about AAU basketball. And it oftentimes gets criticized. And I think just like anything, people look at any you know, AU or baseball or, or tennis, whatever other sport it is, people that are on the outside of the sport always look at the highest level. So you look at the highest level of AU basketball you look at the highest level of, 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 of baseball or tennis or whatever sport it is and you sometimes forget about those that might be under the highest level. There might be a mid-level, there might be a lower level and some of the great things that are going on that you just don't hear stories about. And I would like for us to talk about that and some of the great things that do occur with AU basketball and all the kids that have been helped, the scholarships um, that have been created for kids to go on to college because of AU basketball, the lifelong friendships that have been created and I think most importantly, one of the great things that AU basketball, like other sports um, ha- have done is they 've brought together people of all different types of backgrounds and, and basketball is is one of the most unique in my opinion of of all the major sports in which there are just so many people of different backgrounds playing the game of basketball and playing AU and these kids are playing together. I think we're breaking down a lot of stereotypes and a lot of issues that we have today. I think hopefully in the future our young people will not have the same issues that we're having today because they're working, they're playing together, they're listening to the same music they're talking about their favorite movies. They're they're, they're finding a common ground. So we're going to do a whole podcast dedicated to AU basketball. That'll be coming soon. Because right now, uh, in the month of June, uh, AU is pretty much off. Right now, in July, AU heats up. So when we get close to July, we're going to do that that complete AU podcast. Uh, and I'm in the AU world. Um, my uh, AU basketball program, shining star. Um, I have 20 basketball teams. I've been doing this 17 years, so I have a little bit more insight into AU than than just a normal basketball fan or somebody that reports on basketball. So I have a unique perspective, and I have some friends that are within that world that have a unique perspective. I'd like to bring to the table and discuss those things. Alright, let's jump right into this. Let, let, let's get rolling. The NBA Finals. Everyone's talking about this. Game 1, Cavs-Warriors last night. It was one of the most bizarre Game 1s in NBA history. If there's been a more bizarre Game 1, I'd like to know which game that was. I, I, don't, I don't remember one. This was bizarre on a lot of fronts. And, and I say, shame on the NBA. I tweeted that last night. Shame on the NBA. They let this happen. So, you know, a lot of people watch the NBA and think that games are fixed. That's, that's for, for years, people have said that, oh, the NBA is fixed. And, you know, I, I've fought I've that to a certain extent because it's hard to fix a basketball game. You have to have so many people involved in the fix, right? You have to have referees involved, players involved, coaches. That's a hard thing to do. However I've always believed that the referees have tried to keep games close. They've tried to keep series close. A lot of it has to do with money. Uh, These TV deals. So if, let's just say for example these last couple finals there's been sweeps. So let's say this final ends in a sweep. Let's say the last final last year and the year before was a sweep. You're only getting four games, right? You're not getting the advertisement time, the run, that maybe some of your advertisers would want. So if a series goes to game seven, you get three added games, three more advertising opportunities, all that money, right? So I do believe that these referees have been instructed by the NBA to basically make sure, let's keep these games close, let's, let's make sure that um, this team has an opportunity, listen to what I'm saying, this team has an opportunity to win this game that will help us get to a game seven. I, I, I'd like to know what these referees make in a year, what their salary is, but I, I, I'd i have to imagine they're making a lot of money. Um, now I, I don't know this. I, I probably need to do the research on this but you, you can't tell me. You can't watch Game 1 last night and tell me these referees. And, and I don't have a dog in the fight. I didn't care if the Cavs won or the Warriors won. These referees wanted the Warriors to win. I think it was was obvious. Now. Uh, my, my thought process is the NBA would like the Warriors to win the first two games, alright? Then you go to Cleveland, Cleveland wins the next two games, right, at home. So it doesn't look as obvious, oh, it's the home court advantage, you know, but at the end of the day, the referees, I think, cost the Cavs this game. And I'm going to get into J.R. Oh, man. We're going to talk about that. Uh, The missed free throw and all those things that people on Facebook and Twitter are are blasting J.R. Smith and George Hill about. But some of those things, I think, don't happen if you rewind back to these calls the refs made. The Cavs should have won that basketball game. And listen, I predicted, I went on Facebook and I went on Twitter prior to the game and predicted the Warriors will win this game. And I personally felt that this was going to be a feel-out game because, you know, the the Cavs in the past have always used game one, specifically LeBron, to feel out the other team. How are they gonna guard me? Uh, What type of sets are they gonna run? And so it's always been a feel out process for the Cavs and and likewise for the Warriors and other teams, but more so the Cavs have historically done that. Then game two they come out with a different strategy, a different attack. And that was kind of my prediction. I felt that's what the Cavs were gonna do. And if they were going to do that, the Warriors were going to run away with this. And it was far from the case. I mean, LeBron James pumping in, you know, 50 plus points. Um, he, he was awesome last night, no doubt. He played a lot different game than I thought he would play. And I worry about him playing a game like that because, you know, he, he's already exhausted a lot of energy prior to this series. He's going to put forth a lot more energy in this series than he has in the past. He potentially could be worn down. By game three. So I thought it would be more of a feeling out process and, and, and but LeBron just came out and he he balled out. No doubt, no question. Props and respects respect to LeBron. All right, let, let's let's let me let me dive into my issues with the referees. Just when I thought the Cavs had an opportunity to kind of pull away, maybe make some things happen to create separation. There were fouls called, things called in the warrior's favor that I'm just like, and I'm an objective observer. I'm going, are you kidding me? Like that's, that's terrible. That's blatant. Let's talk about the charge call that will be talked about for years. Kevin Durant driving to the basket towards the end of the game. LeBron James steps over to take a charge. He takes the charge. Referee <laughs> charge, okay? Now, at that time and point of the game, it's a reviewable call because there's the restricted area. Was LeBron James in the restricted area outside of it? They can go and review that. So they reviewed it and he was outside of the restricted area. Now you could sit here and argue and split hairs of, oh LeBron James was still moving. He was moving laterally still as, as Kevin Durant ran into him. It was clearly a block. I personally thought in that situation Kevin Durant charging through like a bull, it was a charge. My first initial thoughts when I saw it were charge. And the referees felt that way. I think, and he was outside of the restricted area, it is a charge, the charge should have stand Instead, they call a blocking foul, KD goes to the line, two free throws, that shifted a lot in the game, right? Now, let's jump into this This J.R. Smith, uh, <laughs> I don't even have a name for what debacle, I don't even know what you want to call this. We've got to come up for a name for this. So the game's tied 107-107 last night with 4.7 seconds to go. George Hill's at the free throw line. He misses his second free throw. Now here's one thing that people missed. When George Hill missed that free throw, the way in which he missed the free throw, he missed it off the front of the rim and hard. So if you go back and you watch the tape, KD boxed out J.R. Smith in the free, on the free throw line, during the free throw. KD boxed him out. <clears throat> but the way the ball hit off the front of the rim, it was so awkward, it threw off KD. I think Jr. nudged him a little bit. J.R. Smith gets the rebound. Tie ball game. JR Smith has the ball in the painted area, 4.7 seconds left. JR Smith naturally should probably go up and try to make a layup. Now you've got KD who's allegedly 6'10 with a 7'4 wingspan. I, I think that dude's like 7'2. That, that dude looks crazy tall on TV. I've never seen him in person. But you've got KD standing right there, and obviously J.R. Smith isn't as big as him, but you've got to go at KD. You've got to go and try to draw a foul. You've got to try to go and make a layup. Just try to finish it. You've done a great job getting a rebound. I mean, you you could be the hero of game one and potentially shift this whole series and get people thinking wait a minute, the Cavs might have a chance. So that's how important that rebound was. But man, as the saying goes, it was all good just a week ago. It was all good just a rebound ago. He gets that rebound and he dribbles out, and he dribbles out past the three-point line, almost to half court. I'm yelling at the TV, and now I'm confused. So as he's dribbling out, I'm going, what are you doing? Where are you going? And then I'm like, wait, are the Cavs up one? Wait a minute, the Cavs are about to win this game. So not only was J.R. Smith confused, <laughs> he had me confused. And if you watch Steph Curry and other he had them confused. Just a bizarre situation. Now, after the game, Jr. Smith says that he thought that the Cavs, LeBron, and the coach were going to call timeout, so he was dribbling out. He didn't want to lose the ball or shoot a shot and we not get the timeout, get a good possession. Um, I fail to believe that. I don't believe that to be true. It appeared that on TV when um, Jr. Smith dribbled out pass to the George Hill, George Hill missed the shot, game goes in overtime, LeBron's going, what are you doing? LeBron James was speaking for the rest of the entire basketball world. What, what are you doing? And I, I believe J.R. Smith mouthed, I thought we were up one. I thought we were winning. I, I, I really believe he said that to him because of LeBron's reaction. So anyway, just okay. Let's say we throw all that out the window. We go into overtime, all right? Which the game shouldn't have gone in overtime, but it is. And at, at that point, you, you've got to give Golden State some credit. They really, they really put it on, and they created that separation from the Cavs. Man, I, I really thought. This this first game could have just changed everything. So if the Cavs win game one, man, what does this do for game two? The Warriors have to win game two. Totally changes things up. So now the Warriors go up 1-0. Uh, game two, my assumption is LeBron comes out and balls out again. Drops 40 plus. But his supporting cast is so... They're so potluck. It, it's like you just don't know what you're going to get. It's like that Friday in high school when you've got potluck lunch and you don't know what they're serving. You know, you, you walk in and go, Am I, I going to get the square pizza? Am I going to get the chicken sandwich that's a little rubbery? You know, you don't know what you're going to get. And that's how I feel this supporting cast is. So, game two, I'm going to give it to the Warriors. I think Warriors win game two go up 2-0, head back to Cleveland. And at that point I think LeBron and company, hmm, I think they can win one, maybe two games in this series. Two games pushing it right now. I think game one, this, the way game one, the way they lost game one has really deflated them in in some ways. I could be wrong, they could come out and ball out in game two but I really feel like this has deflated them because they played so hard, played so well, LeBron just balled out and you lose a game in this fashion, the refs are against you. I mean all those things can deflate you. So I think they go back to Cleveland. Cleveland at least gets one game. I'm, I'm thinking game three they win and then the Warriors win game four and then close it out at home. That's my prediction. Um, After watching the game last night, like I said, I have no dog in this fight. I don't don't care who wins. I want to see good basketball. It's great to see two of the great players in our game go at it. It's great to see KD, Steph, and and LeBron go at it. I want to see great players play and play at their highest level. So, with no dog in the fight, After watching the game last night, I would actually like to see the Cavs win the series. I don't think they will. I would like for them to win the series. I still think the Warriors win it. I think they win it, you know, in five. Six. Win it in six. Worst case scenario. But I would like to see the Cavs overcome. I think that would be historical. And I love seeing history. I I love You know, I I, I'm jealous of my father for the fact that he's had an opportunity to watch so many great players. Now, listen, I've watched Jordan, and from Jordan, rookie Jordan to now, I've understood and watched the game. Prior to Jordan, I was so young, I really didn't understand. You know thing I watched Magic Bird but I didn't understand the game at that point. I knew I was watching I'm watching great players but I didn't know what I was watching. Whereas my father he got to see Kareem. He got to see Will. He got to see Oscar. And he got to see Jordan and he's watching LeBron. I mean I'm really jealous of that. He saw he's he's seen a lot of history. So I'm at the stage where I want to see a lot of history. And so, from that standpoint, I would love to see the Cavs figure this out and win this series and create some history. But I tell you what, they've got, they've got a tough, tough task next game going against these refs. I mean, I, I really think the refs. We'll call it in a way that Golden State wins this game. I think it's been predetermined that Golden State should win the first two games. And a lot of people will tell you the NBA is fixed, which I don't believe believe the games are fixed. I don't think players are in on a fix. I don't think coaches are in on a fix. I think that the referees have an agenda to make sure things happen in a certain way, if you know what I mean. I mean, listen, it happens in other sports. I mean, I'm a huge boxing fan. Boxing's probably my second favorite sport. And what does everybody say about boxing? The judges are corrupt. Boxing's fixed. Tyson's fights were fixed early on. You know, but guess what? Regardless of all that, we still watch. Think about that. We still watch. If Floyd Mayweather fights somebody, the next big star, people will watch. Regardless that they know the judges are corrupt. The fight might be fixed. People still watch the NBA. People feel the game one was fixed. They're gonna watch game two just to see what happens. And in some ways, They're going to watch it just to complain that the game is fixed. It'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm also interested to see what J.R. Smith does to bounce back. Um, And and the thing about J.R. Smith is, what was so crazy about what happened last night, I think it will go down as one of the biggest blunders. In sports history, not only basketball, but just sports history. Obviously, we think about Chris Weber's timeout, and that was in college. The NBA is a different state, it's a bigger stage. Um, it's the biggest stage. LeBron's the most popular athlete in basketball and in, in the world. I mean, not only is the, the best player in basketball, but the most popular athlete in the world, I truly believe. So the world's watching this, so the stage is bigger. And then on top of that, I mean you look at J.R. Smith, J.R. Smith is just one of them one of them dudes that in the past he's done stuff like this. So it's not shocking that J.R. Smith would dribble out and not know the score. It's like people always say J.R.'s on something. He's on one this yeah. It, it, so you put all that all that in the pot and stir it, I think this is will go down as one of the biggest blunders in in sports history. So, uh, like I said, I'm still predicting to end on this with the playoffs here today, I'm still predicting the Warriors will win. I would like to see the Cavs win from an historical perspective. I think Golden State wins game two. So hopefully we'll have another Basketball Insider podcast uh, before game three and I can kind of give you my thoughts and predictions moving forward. Now, let's talk about the other storyline that's going on right now. And I believe some things that happen this week and some things that will happen next week will affect this. And that is, where will LeBron James end up next year? Okay, so I'm going to ask this question again. I want all my listeners out there to give your answer as I say this. Now, I can't hear you, obviously, but... Where will LeBron James end up next year? Well, if you said LA, you're right. If you didn't say LA, you're wrong. And I'm gonna tell you why. LeBron James will end up a Los Angeles Laker next year. I think there are three teams in play. And then there's a fourth option. The three teams I have in play are Philly, Houston, L.A. Or, he'll retire. Hold that. Here's the problem with Philly. So recently, I'm sure everyone heard about this, Brian Colangelo recently was accused, he's an executive with the the Sixers. He was accused of having a burner account on Twitter. And for those that aren't familiar with Twitter and how all this stuff works, He had multiple uh, Twitter accounts that were not, if you went on and looked at it, you wouldn't say, oh, that's Galangelo's Twitter account. He had fake Twitter accounts in which he was going on and blasting players. So he was talking about Embiid. Uh, He was talking about um, coaches, coaching decisions. Now, this is all reported. That this happened. This hasn't been verified. They're doing an investigation. The Sixers are doing an internal investigation. Brian Colangelo has denied this, so we don't know if it's officially true. But it seems that all the signs point to this did happen. If that's the case, he's got to be fired. He's got to be gone. They got to bring somebody else in new. So I think. All those things that are happening in Philly, if I'm LeBron, I'm looking, I'm going, what what in the world's going on over there? I don't want to deal with another mess. I deal with enough with the Cavs. And let's be honest, this year for the Cavs was a mess at times. And that's a credit to LeBron's greatness that he was able to work through all the crazy things that happened this season, right? And that they're in the finals with this squad and all the things that have happened. So with that being said, I think LeBron James was stressed out this year. I don't think he wants to go to more stress. Why would you want to go over to a situation like that? So I think when all these alleged burner account uh, tweets were going out, I think LeBron saw that and said I don't want any part of that. Now a second piece to it is you've got a good core at Philly. Why, Why break that process I'm sorry I gotta say it but why break that process up Ben Simmons is the next LeBron James and I don't care what anybody says he passes the ball extremely well he has a great sense of the game he does have a lot to learn he has to work on his jump shot but so did LeBron LeBron was when he came into the league he was still immature Ben Simmons is immature in a lot of ways LeBron James didn't shoot the ball extremely well Ben Simmons doesn't shoot the ball extremely well both of them pass the ball at a super high level. Both can score to the basket at a super high level. So there are, there are a lot of similarities. And I think you let Ben be Ben. You let Ben grow and blossom within the situation he currently has. You bring LeBron in. I think that stunts the growth. Now, the flip side of it is people go, well, well, if Ben Simmons is the next great thing, why not have LeBron come in and help him? Help help him with his uh, maturation process, and help make him the next great star. I don't think that needs to happen. So my prediction is Philly's off the table. So now that, that brings us into Houston. Okay. So recently it was reported that Chris Paul had already started the process of courting LeBron James to come to Houston. I believe that. Uh, I believe Chris Paul and LeBron James are good enough friends that I could see him having a conversation with him now and in the off season. I totally could see that. I could see LeBron James listening to him, thinking about it heavily. But at the end of the day, LeBron James will make the decision that Houston is not the best fit for me. I get everyone's thought process with Houston. It's 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 hey. You put him, CP, Harden together, that beats Golden State. That brings you to the finals. You beat whoever's in the East. I get it. However, let's look at Houston's style of play. Offensively, shoot a lot of threes. Go straight to the basket. No mid-range game. Not a lot of mid-range game, let me say. When they shoot a mid-range shot, it's like, wow, did Houston just shoot a mid-range shot? That's not LeBron's style. Furthermore, you look at Harden and you look at the amount of touches, his ball dominance, that, that doesn't play well with LeBron. On top of that, let's look defensively. LeBron James tries to guard. I think he tries to hold his teammates accountable defensively. Harden doesn't play defense. And some other guys on the Rockets currently that that might be there, might not next year, I don't think they attempt to play defense. So I think if you look at offensively and defensively, it doesn't fit LeBron's game. Now, LeBron James obviously is a basketball genius. He can adjust his game. But you're entering your 16th season and you're having to readjust. Now he's done that before. He went to the Miami Heat. Go back and Google a picture of LeBron James when he played with the Miami Heat. Look how big that dude is. He put on a lot of weight. He lifted weights. He was in a different type of condition than he is now. He's adjusted his body type and his game a lot on the way like Michael Jordan did. However, in his entering his 16th season I don't think he should have to do that again. Adjust his game. This all leads me to the Los Angeles Lakers. Showtime. He's in a big market, the Los Angeles Lakers. Magic Johnson. And, and, and here's probably the biggest thing that, that, that people are missing. Let's look at LeBron James' history. Look at the coaches that he's had over history. I think the coaches that he's had in his past resemble Walton, Luke Walton, more so than Houston and Philly's coach. I think LeBron likes a certain coach, a coach that he, he can be dominant over and he can, and I hate to say this, this might come across the wrong way, but he can control. And I think Luke Walton is that coach. So, boom. Check for Luke Walton. L.A. Showtime. Check. Magic Johnson. One of the greatest players who LeBron has been compared to a lot. Check. Now let's unpack this other stuff. Business. LeBron's trying to be a billionaire. The blueprint has been laid by Michael Jordan on the the intertwining basketball and business. He's been the greatest at that. You know, you you've got the the brand of uh, the Jordan brand with Nike and all the other uh, businesses that Michael's involved with, and LeBron is ahead of that. So what I mean by that is LeBron has seen the blueprint. And he started that process of understanding business before Michael did because Michael just didn't have a blueprint before him. He created the blueprint. LeBron is following the blueprint. Therefore, I think a lot of great business opportunities are in place in LA. I hear he's building a studio in LA um, for a potential media company. So I think to have his team His management team, his group of folks in L.A. with him doing business. He can play basketball, do business, be in sunny weather, not have to deal with the snow in Cleveland. I think you put all, like I love to say, you put all that in a pot and stir it, and LeBron James will be wearing purple and gold next year. Okay, I've been criticized. Whenever I say he's going to L.A., people go, and play with who? They're worse than the Cavs. I'll say this. Imagine them adding LeBron and a little drum roll there, Kawhi Leonard. Let, let that settle for a second. Kawhi Leonard. Think about it. LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard on the court. Visualize it. Think for a second. LeBron playing off the ball. You've got Lonzo Ball or whoever they might have at the point guard. LeBron playing off the ball a little bit. You've got a player in Kawhi Leonard who can guard the other team's best player. Remember Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen usually guarded the other team's best player to free up Michael to do other things. You take some of that stress off of LeBron that he doesn't have to do as much as he did in Cleveland. You see how all this comes together. Now, getting Kawhi obviously would be tough. Getting him from the Spurs because you know Popovich usually doesn't like to send players to uh, competing teams within the conference. But I'm hearing Kawhi Leonard wanted to go to LA before the trade deadline, so that's still an option. I think all this is going to develop, and over time, you're going to start seeing that purple and gold come up more and more for LeBron. Fill in Houston, start to fade. My other piece, and lastly I'll, I'll say this, was I said he. I could see him retiring because it would be a shock. It would be something that no one expected. Um, I could see him like, you know what, I can't do Cleveland like this again. I'm either gonna retire or play in Cleveland again. And folks, He doesn't want to play in Cleveland again. Did you see him walking off the court after they won the conference championship? That handshake he gave Gilbert, the owner, wow. If that didn't tell you how he feels about ownership right there, that handshake alone. So I'm saying Lakers or retired. Now, obviously, the retired thing is, is is an extreme take. That's an extreme situation. Obviously, Michael Jordan did that but i think michael or i'm sorry i think lebron wants to continue to play and it'll be in the purple and gold. All right, i want to end this podcast here with a debate that's been going on and it's not lebron, michael jordan. They talked about it last night on the game. They talked about it other sporting events. Pusha T versus Drake. So all the young people that are listening to this podcast, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Some of the people that are from my generation, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Some of the parents, you're going to say, "What? Who? what is a Pusha T? I think I know who Drake is. Pusha T and Drake right now currently have a beef going. And in hip hop, what's so unique about hip hop music is, it's a sport within itself. And that's why I'm talking about this because Hip hop music is so intertwined in our culture of basketball. Before games and layup lines and guys have these big beats headphones, they're all listening to hip hop music. It's such a it's such a soundtrack for sports right now. And currently, two of hip hop's stars, Drake being the biggest star in hip hop right now, and, and Pusha T being, I think, one of underground hip-hop's favorites. One of the best lyricists in the game. Currently have a beef going on. Now here's how it all started. There were some shots fired you know prior to you know years past. Pusha T just dropped an album called Daytona. and By the way it's a seven track album. It's a great album. I love Daytona. One of my favorite favorite album, albums in the last year and a half last song on the album is called Infrared in which Infrared is a, a diss towards Drake. And, and Pusha basically just, he basically threw a lob up there. He threw some jabs at Drake. He wanted to see if he'd bite. So, Drake hears this. Drake responds within like 24 hours with, with a freestyle. Um, not, not, it's not really a freestyle for those that are really into hip hop and of the older generation, we know what a real freestyle is off the top of the head but um, he dropped uh, the Duppy, I think you call it Duppy or I think it's Duppy freestyle and when people heard it, oh my gosh, Drake won. Drake won the battle. It's over. Pusha T cannot respond. And I'm telling you right now, I heard it. I said that is an A. Your grade is an A for that comeback. You did it swift. You were lyrically on point. It sounded good. It flowed good. The beat was great. You addressed all the things that Pusha T addressed in his song towards you. I thought it was great. Um, Kind of time passed. Drake's song was, was still in the air. No word from Pusha T. Heard nothing. Heard nothing. Days passed. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Pusha T drops a song. It's called The Story of Adidon. And when I saw the album cover, the the picture cover for the song, I said "Uh uh-oh, Drake's in trouble. And then to hear the beat he used, which is from Jay-Z's album 444, the song The Story of O.J. So Pusha T played off of the story of O.J. song used the beat from Jay Z, called it the story of Adidon, and it's a story about Drake having a secret child who lives in France and a very questionable baby mama. Very questionable. I won't even dive into what sh- what what her um, line of work is. <laughs> so, what was so great about Pusha T's this song? was like Drake's song on the surface level hit you. You were like, wow. The first time you heard it, you said, Man, that was dope. That was a great song. Like right when you hear it. When you hear push a tease, you're like, wait, I feel like he just said some crazy stuff. Let me dig into this a little bit. Let me go rap genius this. Let me listen about three or four times. And as the song started to age, people were like, oh my, he really said some crazy stuff. Um, This battle is on. Two A disses, like I'm giving Drake an A, I'm giving Push an A. Both exist in kind of different spaces with how they dissed each other. Um, So now, now the series goes to Toronto and it's on Drake now. So Drake has to respond. Drake put out a press release the other day in response to um, Pusha T, which I kind of thought was weak. I I kind of think that hurt him. And as time goes on, this Pusha T song could prove to be the winning diss track that said, okay, Drake, you got beat. A lot of people already said he got beat with this song. Um, when you kind of let everything age and really dive into what Pusha was saying, people are like, ah, Drake, you got beat. But I wouldn't count Drake out. Um, just like I told people when Drake dropped his song, I said, dude, do not count Pusha T out. He is from the streets of Virginia. He is. He plays chess, not checkers. Like He knows what he's doing. And sure enough, he came back and he knew what he was doing. What was so unique and I'm going to leave on this, what was so unique about that Pusha T-Disc too was um, Drake apparently, allegedly has a line of clothes and I would assume shoes too coming out with Adidas called Adidon and it's named after his alleged secret son and before they could have like a, a big marketing release and all that Pusha T spilled the beans on that. He found out. He did his research. He spilled the beans. This is what Drake's going to do. And um, that hurt his line. So Adidas has to go back and go, wait a minute. Are we now going to release this like this? We might have to change his name. That right there is strategic, man. That is, that's impressive. When you're in a battle, when you're in war, that's, that's something that's tough to recover from. So it's going to be interesting to see. Will Drake respond? I assume he will. He's got a new album coming out so it's great marketing. This is all marketing. And and hip hop is so great because it's a sport. It's like a sport and it's intertwined within our sport of basketball. And I'm going to leave you on this. LeBron's going to LA. And if you don't believe me, shoot me a message on Twitter. Let's debate. You tell me why you think he'll go somewhere else. Like I said, I think Golden State's going to win this series. If you think differently, at me, at Alex underscore Meacham, or send something to NFC Podcast, on Twitter, IG. Just get active with us. Let us know what you're thinking. And also... We'll be back next week with our other podcast, the NFC podcast, the normal podcast I do with Glenn Riley and Mario Doremus. We'll be back talking a lot of pop culture stuff. We'll be talking about politics, Trump, Roseanne Barr. Oh, gosh, don't get me started on that. We'll also be talking about the NBA Finals. We'll just dive into a little bit of everything that has to do with pop culture. And I want to thank everybody for listening. another edition of the basketball insider podcast and as we listen to big daddy Kane, as we outro big daddy if you're listening we've got to get you to call in i'm waiting for you appreciate everybody listening